Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. I hope you're all doing well. Well, today is the day we do the introduction to natural law, as I spoke of the past few weeks. My sleeves have been rolled up as I waded into territory that was very unfamiliar to me, the law. My friends know that I've been sniffing around this topic for the past couple of years, looking to get a handle on the Act of 1871, the two constitutions, and a bunch of other things. Who other than lawyers and a few obsessive humans ever weighed into this stuff? Not many, by the looks of things. For me, it started with some curious things about our nation. I always wondered, for example, why Washington, D.C. is not part of our republic. Why not? What does this indicate? As I initially dug into this and found similar structures in the city of London, where the British royals reside along with their banking interests, the quote-unquote city of London is also not part of London proper nor England. Did you know that? And Vatican City is the third territory that shares this distinction. The Vatican is not part of Rome nor part of Italy other than geographically. Isn't that interesting? Why is that? What is this telling us? What I would come to find out left me thunderstruck, and it still does. It is one thing to see how deep the corruption runs in this reality we all share. It's another to see how deliberate and clever this deception of humanity actually runs. Get a cup of coffee, base campers, as we sit around the fire to share the truth about our corporate legal system, the corporation called the United States of America, our identities as Americans, and a grand deception of epic proportions. My first reaction when I saw this picture? Holy Holy shit, you have got to be kidding me. Let's go take a look, base campers. Nothing in this episode is meant to be taken as legal advice, not a single stitch, nor tax advice. You're on your own, base campers. And this is an episode where I need to start off with this once again. Nothing I'm about to tell you is true. Everything I'm about to tell you is true. Happy hunting, base campers. The Act of 1871 turning the United States into a corporation. Let's wind back the clock, base campers, to 1871 as our nation faced loan defaults and went through bankruptcy after the Civil War. A new trust management organization and corporation was created. The Act of 1871 provided a government for the District of Columbia and created a corporation entitled, in all capital letters, the United States of America whose jurisdiction extends only over corporate entities created by the municipal corporation and operates only in the District of Columbia. What are these corporate entities that this newly formed corporation has jurisdiction over? We're going to find out, base campers. So the 10-square-mile District of Columbia was formed and incorporated in England. A loophole had been left in the Constitution by lawyers in league with international bankers that created a separate nation by the same name. Are you following me? They created a corporation called the United States of America. Did you know this? I did not. Let's proceed. So you have, in essence, two United States of Americas, one that is the continental constitutional republic that belongs to we the people, and one that is meant to look the same but is a corporate entity made to look like the original. Both have their own constitutions, both have their own jurisdictions and their own laws. 
How can this be, you ask? Stay with me. I hope to clear the fog in a way that starts to make sense for you, at least enough to research and verify what I'm talking about. They publish their corporate articles as the Constitution of the United States of America. But get this. They simply changed the name from the organic Constitution, which was the Constitution for the United States of America, to the corporate, all capital letters, Constitution of of the United States of America. All of a sudden, we had two constitutions, the original for show and the doctored one for actual use by the newly formed corporation. A small side note, when the corporation created their constitution, they made a few small, almost imperceptible changes, changes that would go unnoticed to the untrained eye. For example, the word the is no longer part of the name, nor is it capitalized like the original constitution. Also, the letter U in United is now capitalized in the corporate constitution, and it uses the preposition of instead of the word for. Whenever you see any differences like this in legal documents, it indicates a totally different document. Are you following me? In this case, it is a document peculiar to the new corporation that was formed in the District of Columbia, calling itself, quote, the United States of America Incorporated, unquote. So in short, the newly formed corporation called the United States of America took the organic original constitution, which is titled, quote, the Constitution for the United States of America, unquote, and the U in United is not capitalized, and made the corporate constitution this title. It is, quote, Constitution of the United States of America, unquote. The United States Corporation. The United States Corporation is a private company. So is the Federal Reserve Bank, which was set up in 1913, as is every court and every police force and even Congress. The globalist bankers do not want you to learn that, quote unquote, the government is a private and foreign owned corporation. Who owns this foreign corporation? Mainly the international bankers, along with the British Crown and the Vatican. That is why you have these foreign-owned territories in each of these nations. When the U.S. government refers to the United States, most of the time they're talking about the corporation called the United States or the United States of America Incorporated. Most of the time, they write the legal name United States in all capital letters. And nearly 100% of the time, they write it without the incorporated or the ink. The unincorporated United States, our great and forgotten republic, is written as, quote, the United States of America, unquote, with the T at the beginning capitalized. The United States Incorporated, also doing business as the United States of America Incorporated, is a registered and chartered corporation that resides in Washington, D.C., a city-state that is foreign with respect to the 50 states of the Union. Why do you think the United States has a president and vice president? Corporate law requires a corporation such as the United States to have a president and vice president. Washington, D.C. is a foreign district for the reason that it is not part of our beloved republic, the unincorporated United States of America, just like Vatican City is not part of Italy. Also, be aware that United States citizens or citizens of the United States are not the same thing as American state citizens or American nationals. Isn't that interesting? Here we are talking all about being a U.S. citizen, and the whole time we're talking about corporate ownership. It's like we're all bragging about belonging to a corrupt corporate entity. Ugh. Let's figure this out once and for all, you know, as long as we're jailbreaking this deception and draining the swamp at all. The creation of your straw man and birth certificate. 
You have a straw man. Yes, you, base camper, and so do I. Your straw man is a fictitious legal entity, a corporation of one created with the hope that as you grow up, you will be fooled into thinking that you are actually the straw man and pay all sorts of imaginary costs and liability which get attached to the straw man by essentially con artists. How do they create the straw man? Well, by deceit. They have your unknowing parents send a certificate of live birth to the local authorities. It comes back as a legal entity, a corporation with your name. So my straw man's name is Anthony Wayne Rezac in all capital letters. And it is written this way on my birth certificate, which is my registration as a legal entity, my straw man. I have been living unknowingly as a legal entity, a corporation, and not as a living human, according to the Corporation of the United States of America. They use legalese to deceive you into identifying and acting as your straw man or your corporate legal entity. The name on your birth certificate is a legal name and therefore represents an artificial person or legal fiction, legal person that exists on paper. This legal name is often written in all capital letters and is not the name given to you by your mother and father, at least not in any legal sense. Your birth certificate is evidence of your beneficial interest in a corporation, in this case, the corporation called the United States of America, when you improperly use your birth certificate by using it as a personal identification, you unknowingly agree to be this legal entity, this straw man associated with your legal name on your birth certificate. This straw man is the debtor of your birth certificate. As the debtor, you legally owe money to the corporation. This corporation is the United States, Inc., that created your birth certificate. To correct this mistake, you have to correct your status, which means you need to notify the right government agent and let him or her know that you are the beneficial owner and not the debtor of the trust associated with your birth certificate. To sum up this section, the government created an artificial quote-unquote person in your name, a corporation of one, the fictitious straw man, to take your place in the virtual reality of fictional corporations and commercial contract law. Then, by an adhesion contract, the government made you, the real flesh-and-blood man or woman, financially responsible as co-signer for that artificial entity, to act as a fiduciary and surety for that artificial entity straw man. Are you following me? Your artificial entity, your straw man, secures the national debt, and through it, you and your straw man become 14th Amendment citizens of the for-profit, corporate, all capital letters, United States of America. Furthermore, you agreed to this by your actions and your failure to protest. A contract offer adheres to you because you act as though you accept the offer, and by doing so, you are presumed to accept the contract as well. It's called voluntary servitude. To make this servitude legal, it was necessary for the government to quote-unquote leave a hole in the fence, unquote, so to speak. It doesn't matter that the escape route is hidden by legal words designed to make escape difficult, that the escape route is not used presumes your consent. Escape is possible, but seemingly difficult. You follow me? Legal versus lawful. If you want to learn how to defend your rights effectively, you need to understand the distinction between the words legal and lawful. In the legal system, many legal terms are used to trick you to agree to be a legal person or legal fiction, which is an artificial person, also known as a corporation, artificial person, straw man, a dead entity that has no natural rights. In the legal system, when a name is written in all lowercase letters, it re represents a natural living human. When your signature is followed by 
without prejudice or all rights reserved, it puts everyone on notice that you are such. On the other hand, when a name is written in all capital letters, it represents a dead artificial person, also known as a corporation, your infamous straw man. More on this later. Common law. Common law is the law of the American Republic. It's the law of we the people and is actually very easy to understand. The laws are few in number. In fact, there's really three of them. Number one, you must not injure or kill anyone. Number two, you must not steal or damage things owned by someone else. And number three, you must be honest in your dealings and not swindle anyone. That's it. And here is a key issue. Natural law and common law are the only laws that apply to living human beings. So statutes, contracts, acts of Congress, etc., etc., do not apply to the human, but only to the corporate entity, the legal personality, the straw man as we've been calling him. So legal is for the corporate entity, the straw man. Lawful is common law for we, the people in our beloved American Republic. You see how legalese and the legal system is meant to confuse you and keep the deception going and how simple to understand common law and natural law are? This is not a coincidence. We Were Never Told by David Robinson. Here's a little tidbit by author David Robinson, whose books I reference and whose titles I'll leave for you at the end. We were never told that the government, the United States, is a corporation, a fictitious quote-unquote person. We were never told that the government had quietly, almost secretly, created a shadow corporation, a fictional straw man for each and every American, so that the government could not only control the people, but also raise an almost unlimited amount of revenue. We were never told that when the government deals with the straw man, it is not dealing with real living men and women. We were never told that we and our children and their children and their children have been pledged as collateral for the debt created by the government officials who commit treason in doing so. We were never told that the straw man, a fictional person created by the state, is subject to all the codes, statutes, rules, regulations, ordinances, mandates, etc. decreed by the government, but we, the real living men and women, are not. We were never told that we were being treated as property, as slaves, albeit comfortably for some, and that we could easily walk away from the fraud. The lawful status of the IRS. It is a common misconception that the Internal Revenue Service is part of the United States government, but in fact, it is a private corporation. Yep, you may already know this or you may be hearing it for the first time, but it's true. The Internal Revenue Service, all capital letters, is incorporated in Delaware as a collection agency for a Puerto Rican company titled Internal Revenue Tax and Audit Service, all capital letters. Therefore, the Internal Revenue Service must be recognized in its lawful status as a collection agency not fraudulently accepted as a government agency. Through fraud, manipulation, conspiracy, deceit, and impersonation of law enforcement personnel, the IRS has become an organized crime syndicate operating illegally and unlawfully in every state of the union. Have you ever been told that paying taxes is optional? Ha! Why would the for-profit corporation ever tell you that? You see what I'm talking about? 
Truth bombs from Anna Von Reitz. Here's some tidbits from legendary Alaskan common law judge Anna Von Reitz, who says, The United States of America, the Republic, is populated by American state citizens, American nationals. The United States of America, Incorporated, the corporation, is populated by U.S. citizens. Do you see the difference? American state citizens have natural and unalienable rights. U.S. citizens have only quote-unquote civil rights that the U.S. Congress feels like granting them. These are privileges. We, the living Americans, were, as a result of the acts of the U.S. bankruptcy trustee, declared dead, missing, presumed lost at sea using legalese from maritime and special admiralty law. In our place, the corporation created a legal entity, a corporate fictional character with our name to become the debtor of this entity. Anna Von Reitz tells us that when we notify the IRS of our corrected status as living instead of quote-unquote infant decedent, unquote, and assign reversionary interest in the Social Security Trust and estate, you will be free of IRS control. This is the remedy guaranteed to us as a result of the U.S. Congress issuing fiat debt notes based on our labor. However, the vast majority of us never agreed to this, quote unquote, new deal and retain full ownership, full right of ownership and claim to our assets. Once it is clear that we are acting as living Americans, and we are, and not agreeing to act as incorporated quote-unquote things, all members of the American Bar Association are obligated by the very treaty that allows their presence on our soil to lend quote-unquote aid and assistance to us and all members of the United States of America, the Republic, and the military forces are obligated to come to our defense. Interesting notion, huh? And here, Anna is crystal clear. She says, this is your notice of the facts. These incorporated entities can't force individual American nationals to accept services, buy insurance, pay taxes, or do anything else based on representation of third parties merely claiming to represent them. Are you following me? They are claiming to represent the government, and they do not. They have no authority to arrest, imprison, or detain any American national for any quote-unquote crime lacking a corpus delicti, demonstrating actual harm to other living people or their property. If they persist in providing services without a valid contract, they have no recourse to complain if they don't get paid and no enforceable security interest in private property. Status correction. There is a growing number of Americans who are correcting their status. What does that mean? Well, it means taking proper ownership as the beneficiary of your straw man, of the legal entity that got created in your name. To simplify this, you put in public records that you are a living human being and not a dead legal corporate entity. You restore your natural unalienable rights and retain all rights, all rights reserved without prejudice. How do you find all this out? Well, I'm going to include some good resources in the show notes to get you started. Just take it step by step is my advice. Why go through all this, you might ask? Why not just live as you've always lived? Pay taxes to the corporation that claims to own you and your children as property after they created a corporate fictional entity with your name as its title? Yes, why do it? Well, for me, it's a matter of style, is it not? What if dozens or hundreds or gasp tens of thousands of people did this? If we are at war with an anti-humanist globalist entity that is deceiving you and taking your life force in the form of your private property, why would you not want to hit them where it hurts? Do you have a little fight left in you, base camper? I know I do. Remember, these are sociopathic parasitic entities that don't like humans. How do we know this? Well, look at what they're doing. Look at their actions and decide for yourself. Quick question. What happens when this information information reaches a tipping point. Hmm. 
Comparing the American Republic with the American democracy. When I look at the two Americas side by side, here are a few things that I notice. Some of this I'm repeating so you start to get a really clear picture of this. Here we go. Our beloved constitutional republic has the United States of America. The American democracy has the United States of America incorporated, the corporation. The geographic area of the American republic is 50 states joined in perpetual union by the Articles of Confederation. The geographic area of the American democracy is located in the 10-square-mile area of Washington, D.C., a foreign territory in regards to our republic, plus a few U.S. territories such as Puerto Rico and Guam. The republic has living inhabitants. The democracy has U.S. citizens, each one a straw man, a legal entity, or quote-unquote person, a corporation of one, as we've been saying. The republic has natural and unalienable rights. The democracy has civil rights held as privileges bestowed by or taken away by the U.S. Congress. The republic is a sovereign nation. The democracy operates as a commercial entity, not a body politic, nor a sovereign nation. The republic has American common law. The democracy has statutory law, also known as special admiralty law, contract law, equity law, commercial law, etc. Lastly, remember that the corporation claims to quote-unquote stand for the republic. Now we know it is not the same entity and the corporation does not represent we the people, the American nationals. Got it? Aho. I hope you enjoyed this episode, Base Campers. Man, this is a dense and complicated topic and challenging to present in audio format. I hope you found it valuable and that you do your own research now that we've sort of opened up the portal. I will do my best to fine-tune this and get some good guests on to help us better understand this. Also, I just had on Cherry Peel Jackson. Remember her? She was the former IRS agent who landed in federal prison for challenging the legitimacy of the IRS. She wasn't wrong, by the way. She simply made the mistake of going into their courts, their corporate courts, as her straw man, which the corporation owns, and then asking for her freedom. That's a losing proposition. The guilty verdict was very predictable, given what we now know. Instead, she could have corrected her status with a few important steps, claiming her rights as the legitimate beneficiary of the corporate entity created in her name and been free and clear, never to hear from them again. I'm serious. Let's do this work together. I'm looking forward to it. A little sidebar before we get to the resources, and liberals are going to absolutely hate this, but on a side note, Donald Trump came in blaring about draining the swamp. If you look at his executive orders, it sure seemed like he was hell-bent on destroying the corporation and restoring the republic. He said so in so many words. Could we have a situation, oh, I don't know, let's call the situation contingency government or devolution for short. Could we have a situation where Joe Biden sits as the president of a corrupt, deceitful, and bankrupt corporation, the United States of America in Incorporated the corporation, and Donald Trump remains as the commander-in-chief of the American Republic. There is certainly plenty of evidence if you look at all the EOs. It might be fruitful to go reread Patel Patriot's devolution series on Substack with this corporation versus republic lens that we hopefully fleshed out a bit today. Let's go get it. Lastly, I used a bunch of resources to get this episode to you, and this list will continue to evolve as humanity wakes up. Some of these will be excellent starting points for you. I know there are groups of Americans meeting to discuss uh, how best to correct our status, and this can seem daunting at times, but for me at least, it's well worth it. 
Some of these books you can find on Amazon. Others you can find in a basic search and click on the publisher. Uh, First up, David E. Robinson books. These are excellent. I read a huge stack of them to get ready for this episode. And my favorites are, number one, there's four of them. Number one, Meet Your Straw Man. Number two, Correct Your Political Status. Number three, Reclaim Your Sovereignty. And number four, Commercial Law Applied. All very, very good. Next up, Anna Von Reitz, the legendary Anna Von Reitz. She wrote a book titled Disclosure 101. Go get it. Her website, which looks a bit dated but still has great content, is www.anavonreitz.com. And her last name, Reitz, is spelled R-E-I-T-Z, so anavonreitz.com. Also, National Liberty Alliance is a great resource, and they are at www.nationallibertyalliance.org. Their founder, John Derrish, is a true patriot and an expert in common law. He has excellent content. I hope to have him on as a guest soon. Uh, I like his little handbooks that he publishes. He's got a bunch of them. I have a number of them in my library, including County Sheriff's Common Law Handbook. Really, really good. I also like T.J. Mars at www.urlaw.org. A lot of really good resources there, including some programs. That's it for today, Base Campers. Thanks for hanging in there. I appreciate you, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.